0: You're listening to the Assembly Call IU podcast and postgame show. The place where Indiana fans across the globe hang out online after every IU basketball game. If you want to get more out of being an IU basketball fan, then make sure you're subscribed to our email newsletter. Go to assemblycall.com slash join today and sign up for free. That's assemblycall.com slash join. This episode of The Assembly Call is brought to you by Crane Credit Union. Get a $150 deposit into your new Crane Credit Union checking account when you get e-statements, have direct deposit, and use your debit card. Plus, there's no monthly service charges and no minimum balance to open your account. Stop into any of Crane Credit Union's 14 locations or visit their website at cranecu.org for more information. That's cranecu.org. Crane Credit Union is federally insured by NCUA. And now get ready for another brand new edition of the Assembly Call. Welcome, Hoosier fans, to another off-season episode of The Assembly Call. I'm your host, Jared Morris. Very happy to be with you this week. Uh, Please accept my apologies again for last week. We did not have an episode, obviously. We had to cancel our Thursday night recording. I still kind of don't know what happened. Some kind of illness hit me in the middle of the day Thursday and just knocked me out. And I was basically in bed by... 6 o'clock, felt a little better a couple days later, Um, but back at it right now uh, and really excited to bring you today's episode. This is a bonus episode and I wanted to share it with you because this is one of the coolest experiences that I've had since we started the assembly call. Obviously, we launched it back in 2011, 2012, uh, which was Cody Zeller's freshman year, the sophomore year uh, of a guy named Victor Oladipo that people weren't quite sure what to expect from him as a sophomore and he of course took a big leap as a sophomore and then an even more gigantic leap as a junior uh being named a player of the year by some people an all-american by everyone uh, en route to being the number two pick in the draft and i had the chance along with alex bozich uh, of inside the hall to interview victor this week so we ran that on podcast on the brink but i also wanted to run it here so just to be clear it's the same interview if you had a chance to listen to podcast on the brink it's the same interview here but i know not all of you Subscribe to Podcast on the Brink. So, I wanted to share it here so that those of you who subscribe only to the Assembly Call uh, could listen and to kind of make up for last week not being here. But this will get us back. And then, of course, we'll have another brand new episode of Assembly Call Radio coming for you. We'll record that live Thursday night at assemblycall.com/slash live. Uh, or if you subscribe to our YouTube channel, you can watch it there. And then that podcast will be posted Friday morning. Uh, but I think you'll really, really enjoy this discussion with Victor. We reflect on his time at Indiana, obviously, you know, get his reaction to Tom Crean being fired, how he plans to support the program moving forward, what it's been like in the NBA uh, and a lot of other stuff. So it's a great conversation. Victor is as engaging and interesting as you would expect him to be. So that is coming up here on this episode of the Assembly Call. Uh, before we get to that, a quick word from our friends at SeatGeek. Buying tickets to sports and concerts can be complicated, as you know, but there is a better, simpler way to buy with SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the smartest, easiest way to get tickets to live events. With SeatGeek's seamless mobile experience, you can buy and sell tickets in just two taps. SeatGeek helps you find the best seats at the best prices, fully guaranteed. There's nothing quite like seeing your favorite team or musician in person, and SeatGeek will get you closer to the action for a great value. I, as I have told you, have SeatGeek on my phone, the app on my phone. They have it for the iPhone and for Android, and it is by far the easiest way that i found to shop for tickets because I can be anywhere... And with just a few taps, I can instantly find seats. Uh, I used the SeatGeek app earlier this year to go see Yogi play here in Dallas. I used it to buy uh, concert tickets for my wife uh, for Mother's Day. So, you know, sports, concerts, entertainment... Whatever you're looking to go see, SeatGeek has you covered, uh, and obviously they're going to get you the best value, they show you the best value, and then with the app, it's as convenient as it possibly could be. And best of all, Assembly Call listeners get $20 off of your first SeatGeek purchase. So all you do is download the SeatGeek app, enter the promo code ASSEMBLY, A-S-S-E-M-B-L-Y, that's promo code ASSEMBLY, and you will get $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase. All well, without further ado, here is my interview along with Alex Bozich with the great Victor Oladipo. Hello? Victor, welcome to the show, man. It's great to talk yeah. to you. How you doing? Doing well. Doing well. This is uh, Jared Morris. Yeah. I'm here with Alex Bozic of Inside the Hall.
1: How's it going, Vic? Oh, how you guys doing? How y'all doing, man? How's everything?
0: We're doing well, man. Things are going really good. It's good. Uh, great to talk to you. How are you, how are you spending the offseason? season?
1: Um, I'm actually in Florida right now working out. Um, yeah. Just getting after it, really. Um, trying to get better. It's yeah. the biggest thing.
0: You know, that, that's interesting that you mentioned that because one of the questions that I wanted to ask you is there are obviously a lot of guys who have similar physical profiles to you in terms of size and athletic ability, but, you know, obviously over the years you've passed them up to become an All American, number two pick, you know, now a guy the Thunder building around. What do you think has kind of separated you and allowed you to have the success that you've had?
1: Um, I think the biggest thing is just uh, my work at my work ethic. um just always working um, going through the college ranks. Uh, there's a lot of guys who you know were ahead of me, a lot of guys who are more you know more skilled than me, but I felt as though that I worked harder than everybody else. and um when you do that, and when you put in the extra work and um you kind of separate yourself. You have no choice but to separate yourself because you have that confidence in your work ethic. And I think that's the biggest thing that's separated me from everybody else. Yeah.
0: You know, and one common theme we kind of hear every year, you know, us as IU fans and media is, you know, people trying to identify the next Victor Oladipo, you know, the guy who is going uh, you know, to make a huge leap or kind of an unheralded recruit who blows up. Do you think it's good to hold players at IU to your standard or do you think that's an unfair comparison to make?
1: Uh, I think that's a little unfair. Um, everybody's different. You know, everybody has. Everybody's path is different. Everybody, uh, everybody's lives are different. You, know, um, you could say maybe somebody could follow my blueprint. You know, it'd be something like that. But to be compared to me is kind of unfair. Um, if anybody want to compare, you try to compare yourself to Isaiah Thomas. I mean, he the best. Probably one of the best, if not the best IU player to ever live. Him, Coward Cheney. You compare yourself to those guys. Me on the other hand, I was trying to be like those guys. So um I mean it's a it's a pecking order to me. I feel like those guys are, you know, heralded and are you greats and guys when you come in you should try strive to be like them. So um you ain't gotta worry about it. I think you know you ain't gotta compare yourself to Victor or Try to compare yourself to the greats. And um that's what I tried to do and, and it turned out great for me. So you might as well do the same. <laughs>
2: Vic, I think the first time we ever spoke was in the fall of two thousand and nine right around the time you committed to i u you know eight years later now you're you know four years into your NBA career could you have ever could you ever have imagined at that point where you would be today?
1: i had a dream um, I'm, I definitely dreamt of being uh, where I'm at today and um, I dreamed about planning the NBA. And, uh, being a number two pick and things like that. But um, back then, you know, it, it was so small, you know, and they did, really didn't think it, it would happen. Um, I kind of even surprised myself a little bit. Uh, but again, it all just had to do with how hard I worked. Um, back then, guys would tell you, my teammates would tell you, my coaches would tell you, I was a gym rat. I stayed in the gym and uh, I just wanted to do something bigger than myself and have my team winning, And that turned out great for me as far as my, my future and my career. So um, no, to answer your question, no, I didn't think I would be where I'm at today, but I am. And it just solely because I worked hard. What,
2: what was the biggest adjustment for you going from Orlando to Oklahoma city? I know it was obviously a, you're going from a, a team that, was rebuilding to a team that's expected to compete? I mean, what, was the, what was the biggest maybe uh, thing you had to get used to being there at Oklahoma City?
1: I mean, I think just just like any new situation, just getting accustomed to everything, everybody around you. I got to relearn how to play with certain guys because I've never played with them before, whether it was Russ, Steven Adams, Andre Roberson, um, Damo, all those guys over there. So it's like... For instance, your first day, your first year at school, or your first, um, yeah, your first year at school. You know, your first day is it's different. You meet new people and everything, but that first year there's a lot of ups and downs. You are still getting to know people, but after a while, then you just start clicking. So, I mean, it's, it was, uh, that's probably was the biggest adjustment, just getting used to everybody and used to the environment and everything like that. But once things, once, excuse me, once things started getting going, uh, I start getting more and more comfortable for the most part.
0: So, Victor, you've got a basketball camp coming up, uh, as I mentioned to folks earlier in our show, June 19th through the 23rd in Greenwood, and people can get information at vickoladepo.com. What is your goal uh, for the camp? What do you want the kids who come to get out of
1: it? Um, I think the biggest thing is just show kids that we're just like them. You know, growing up, I know from a kid's perspective, it was kind of amazing to be surrounded by an NBA player or somebody you see on TV or what people may call a famous player. But our biggest thing is to show them that we came from where they came from. We were just like them at one point in our lives. We were just little kids that had dreams. And my biggest thing to get from this camp is not only learn basketball and learn the ins and outs of basketball, but to also help them realize that they could do something bigger than themselves too they can become doctors or basketball players or NFL players or, or lawyers or the president of the United States. Anything they want to do, they can really become it if they really just stay locked into it. So um, that's the biggest thing I want them to get from this camp. And also it's going to be fun. Of course, you know, it's got to be fun too, but that's the biggest thing I want them to take away from it.
0: Yeah. When you uh, When you're in Indiana, do you think you'll get a chance to get back down to Bloomington and check out how things are going down there?
1: I uh, definitely plan on going down there and checking them out. To talk to coach already. So uh, we'll see how it goes. Hopefully, I get a chance to, you know, get down there and then you know, play with those guys and, you know, see how everything's going out there. So I'm looking forward to that chance comes.
0: What are you, uh, you said you got a chance to talk to coach. What did you, what did you guys talk about? What are, what are kind of your thoughts on how everything's going this um, off season
1: for IU? I would just, you know, just tell them congratulations and, um, I thought he was a great fit for us, and I'm um, looking forward to the season and um, seeing him what the season oh. holds. And if he needed anything, just let me know. And told him I'm, you know, coming out there and hanging out with those guys. So, yeah. Do nothing you th- crazy, just trying to get acclimated to him.
0: Yeah. Do you think a lot of the guys who who played for Coach Crean will, you know, are going to stay supportive of the program and and still be coming back to IU to help bring the the new young kids up?
1: Uh yeah, definitely. 'Cause I think Coach Cream will want that from us as well. Um, just to stay supportive is still our university, you know, um, still our fans, still our still our classmates went there, we still went there. This university still did a lot for us, so we're still gonna be supportive.
0: Yeah. Well, Victor, I know that you've, uh, you know, that you got a workout coming up, and so we want to be respectful of your time. You know, kind of as a, a, as one of our final questions to you, as you look back on your time at IU. I mean, obviously, there's so many memories that you created, you know, for for fans like me. But what what kind of memory sticks out the most to you? And what accomplishment from your time at IU are you most proud
1: of? Um, I think I'm most proud of um, winning a Big Ten championship. Um, it had been the first in a long time in IU, um, and for us to come in my my third year and going through all we went through, and um, when the Big Ten regular season championship was huge for the program, it was huge for us, especially coming from winning what ten or twelve games my rookie year and then blowing up kind of sort of my sophomore year, going to the Sweet Sixteen, coming up shorter than coming back the following year and winning that was huge for us. And it was a very emotional game for everybody. And we had to fight in Michigan and it was definitely probably the most memorable game I've ever played. In. So it was, that's probably my biggest memory and my biggest moment and one that I'll never forget. Vic,
2: I've always wanted to ask you what's, when you when you look back at your time at IU playing in the Big Ten, what what was the what was the toughest road venue in your mind to go playing in the Big Ten? Because it's always a debate among Big Ten fans who has the, the best home court advantage. I think IU fans like to think they have the biggest home court advantage. But when you went on the road, what was the toughest uh, the the venue you went into?
1: Man, Purdue was always crazy. Purdue was always always crazy. Um, that that was probably the craziest um, very, uh, vulgar, uh, <laughs> environment that I've ever been a part of. Um, but I mean, I, you probably hands down if I was in opponent is definitely probably the hardest venue to put in in the big tip. Just even being on even being on the winning team, it was just sometimes amazing how loud that arena was and got. So, um, uh, but if I had to choose, I'd probably say Purdue is really crazy. And, uh, My second would probably be Michigan State. Michigan State's always wild, too. Yeah.
0: So, Victor, you know, speaking of uh, Assembly Hall and being loud and crazy, this is my last question for you, and this is one that a lot of people wanted us to ask. Obviously, you were part of maybe the greatest missed alley-oop in the history of college basketball against Michigan your junior Mm -hmm. year. Can you even fathom Mm -hmm. how loud it would have been at Assembly Hall if you and Jordy had connected on that one?
1: Uh, I probably probably would have been the loudest it's ever been. (laughs) And um, I probably would have. <laughs> I don't know. I probably would have lost my cool if I if I would have hit that dunk, So Oh man! I mean, the fact that it it blew up the way it did, and I missed, I could only imagine what would happen if I would have made it. Jordy just got to throw better passes, man. I tried to tell him, man.
0: <laughs> we have, we throw interviewed a better him.
1: Pass, I would have made it.
0: We interviewed him on a recent on a recent episode, and he said the same thing. So, who knows? Maybe you guys can someday <laughs> can someday reprise that and give it another shot.
1: Definitely. You never know.
0: Cool. Well, Victor, thanks a lot for the time, man. We know you have to get to uh, uh, to a workout right now. But again, the basketball camp is June 19th through the 23rd in Greenwood. For details, go to com. We wish you all the best, man, and your future in the NBA with the Thank Thunder. You. And uh, we just appreciate everything you've done as a Hoosier.
1: No problem, man. Thank you, guys. I appreciate it. Yep. Thanks, Vic. Thank thanks, Victor. All right. All right. All right.
0: All right Alex, well that was uh that was kind of cool. I have to say ever since I started the assembly call and we started doing this podcast together, Victor's been one of the guys that I always wanted to interview. So that was uh that was pretty neat to get a chance to talk to him. I know you have before, but that was that was my first chance to talk with him. So
2: Yeah, that I mean, think about I think for us, you know, as we 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 build the podcast and you know, I know it's a big deal to both of us that we continue to kind of grow the show and have good guests on and give good content to our listeners. I mean, that was, that was awesome. I mean, just to have a chance to talk to a guy who just went through his, you know, fourth season in the NBA, played on his first playoff team uh, in Oklahoma city. gets a chance to play with Russell Westbrook every night. And really, I mean, you look at the last 15, 20 years, IU basketball. I mean, he's one of the best players uh, to put on the uniform and uh, a really great ambassador, really great, uh, guy to, to kind of have as as, you know, if the face not not the face of the program now, but but somebody that, that kind of you can point to and say, hey, this guy came through Indiana when you're going out to recruit. So, you know, this uh, it it was a it was a fun conversation um, and. Uh, appreciate uh, Victor taking the time uh, out of his uh, busy schedule, obviously, to uh, to talk to us.
0: Yeah, no, no, me too. We ended up we had a little bit less time than we thought, so obviously, you know, there were a lot of questions we wanted to ask that that we weren't able to. But I thought even in the time that we were able to talk with him, he, I mean, he really gave us a lot of good stuff. And I, I thought the most interesting answer was, you know, about comparing players to him. Because obviously that's something that we all do. It's kind of a natural thing. You know, who's going to take the leap like Victor and, you know, what unheralded recruit can be the next Victor Oladipo. And I thought it was interesting that he basically bypassed himself and said, you know, look at guys like Isaiah, look at guys like Calbert. You know, compare yourselves to them because they're the greats. And that's that's what I was trying to do. And I think that's kind of a little window into the the mentality and the work ethic and the humility, you know, that he showed as a player, that helped him be great. Um, so I thought that was uh, that was a really interesting answer that he gave there.
2: Yeah, even when he, you know, got that, like had that junior year that I don't want to say it came out of nowhere, but nobody really expected him to be an all-American, AP all-American, a finalist for the Wooden Award, number two pick. But even as that season went along, you never felt like he looked at himself any differently than anybody else on the team. He's just one of the guys. And and even in that interview, just now talking to him, he's, as you know, I mentioned talking to him eight years ago when he was, you know, just committed to Indiana, you know, he's, seems like the same person um, as he was then, you know, obviously he's grown, matured, uh, become a man and uh, has a, a lucrative uh nba contract uh, to look forward to enjoying but in terms of his personality and how he seems to treat people uh doesn't seem any different uh than he was now and that's not the case for a lot of guys who, who go on to to have careers like he's having and so i think that's a a testament to his character and, and the kind of person he is uh just that that he's kind of you know that takes us to, takes the time out to you know, do these cam- camps, obviously, uh, and coming back to Indiana, it shows that, you know, he really cares kind of about, uh, you know, the school, the state, and, and just, you know, getting involved with, with things like that, uh, that. That That's not all that common, I don't, I don't feel like, and with NBA guys of his stature. Yeah,
0: and it's nice to hear that he's planning on going back to Bloomington. That he's talked with Archie Miller. So yeah, I think that that's maybe one thing you worry about when a coach gets fired is will there be a rift between the players that were kind of loyal to him and the new guys coming in? And it, it sounds like I mean you know certainly Der- having Derek Elson on the staff I'm sure helps, but it sounds like that that shouldn't be an issue and, and that there should be some continuity you know in terms of some of those guys like Victor you know kind of still being around, being interested in the program, and hopefully helping to pass down some of those ideals to the new guys which you see at a lot of the big programs you know we often talk about michigan state as an example of that and as something that indiana really needs to build and so so hopefully that's something it certainly seems like archie wants to build and it seems like a guy like victor is receptive to it um so i think uh, that's something else i think to be encouraged by if you're an indiana fan
2: absolutely um we saw the picture i think it was in april when uh he showed up at the at the EYBL I think in Indianapolis or it might have been one of the other sessions uh, but but regardless you know Archie Miller was there and they shared a a handshake and there's a picture taken I think it kind of blew up on social media but it's good to hear that that communication has continued um, and and that he plans on, on getting down there this summer and having a chance to you know meet the new coaching staff and maybe work out with some of the guys and just kind of you know be around the program because he is an alum of indiana university uh, even though he is a you know a, an nba player right now and that's his primary focus you know it, it's it's uh it's it's very cool to see him uh, still place a priority and coming back uh, to, to bloomington and in indiana and giving back to the state so i think it's you know just a I think it's really good uh, to have him around in any capacity this summer would be obviously a really good thing for the program, just to show guys kind of what it's like to work at that level and uh, any any advice that he can give to the, to the current team, current players. I know he probably knows some of them already a little bit, some of the older guys like Robert Johnson, who was uh, recruited when when Victor was still there. Um, just to have him around uh, even for a couple of days would be awesome, I think, for the current players. So a couple of quick questions for you here, Alex, as we wrap up and, and switch gears
0: just a little bit. Obviously, uh, since you and I last talked, we had the Hubers Winery event. And Josh Margulis uh, was on with us last week and did a really good job, uh, I thought, of providing some reaction to that. And then also talking about what he saw out at the, uh, at the EYBL event in L.A. But you were there. At the, the the Huber's Winery event, what was maybe your or what were one, maybe your one or two biggest takeaways uh, from that event?
2: Well, the number one takeaway was the amount of people that were there. I've been going to that event uh, really ever since I have been doing uh, inside the hall in a full time capacity. You know, it's it's close by where I live, so I make it a priority to go every year. And really, you know, it, it seems like it's the only one of those events that's kind of stayed. Um, on the schedule as like a priority for for IU athletics to, to be at every year. I mean, there's been some other on the road uh, tour events as they call them around the state that have kind of come on and off the schedule. This one, you know, stays at the same time every year. It's you know late May, early June, and every year the basketball coach is there. In the past, it's been Tom Crean. Now this is the first year Archie Miller was there and. You know, last year I think there was around 500, maybe a little bit more than 500 people there, and this year they had to cut it off at a little bit over 900, um, from my understanding. And and uh, you've obviously never been to that the room there, but it's it's pretty much like a banquet hall. They have a lot of receptions there and and different things at the winery, and I've never seen um, the room that packed. Um, been there plenty of times and, and they had tables pretty much there was really nowhere to stand uh, for, for us, us media you know I had to that's why when I recorded that audio of the speech you know I had to move around a little bit because I couldn't get good audio I, it improved as it went along but um, th- it was just you know packed from wall to wall of people and the enthusiasm uh, of these people for them to show up and that and uh, that in those numbers uh, in late May, to listen to Archie Miller talk for for thirty minutes about IU basketball it just kind of shows the excitement around the program right now. So that was my first takeaway, and then and some of the smaller takeaways I would say, you know, obviously the Daron Davis thing to me was a little surprising that he had gotten up to two hundred seventy one pounds, but I think it's positive that he's really getting that under control and uh, seems to be heading in the right direction with his conditioning. Uh, you know, in, in obviously fairness,
0: in fairness, I gained about that much weight when I was a
2: freshman at IU. So well. That's, that's fair. <laughs> me too. Um, and then also, you know, I, th- I think it was notable to me kind of which guys had, had decided to stick around, um, you know, for those four weeks when they didn't have to. I mean, I think Archie was pretty clear that, you know, any of those guys were kind of willing, were had the option to go take a break, you know, recharge, and they'd been through a lot. And you've got five guys that, that chose to take a uh, I think a couple of them, Curtis maybe took a couple of days, but then got right back at it. Uh, Robert, I know took a little bit of time, but when I mean, you had Robert Johnson, Jawan Morgan, uh, Curtis Jones, Colin Hartman, and who's the other one? Deron Davis all on campus uh, for the first summer session, uh, working out with with coaching staff and getting um, acclimated with Cliff, Cliff Marshall, who I had a chance to meet down at, at Hubers as well. So, you know, I, I think those were kind of, the main takeaways for me, uh, really, the main one, obviously, was that was the fan enthusiasm and the amount of people that showed up just kind of shows uh, and validates that that people were ready for a change.
0: Yeah, I was really I've been excited to hear coach talk about Curtis Jones, you know, and excited to see him stick around. I think he's such an important player next year and such an X factor because you know, obviously he was huge in Indiana's most important win last year against Kansas, but was non-existent in so many others. But he's such a talented player, has so much ability. And I think he could really be a guy, if he makes a jump, could really change the complexion of how the team looks next year. And I'm starting to get more and more optimistic that it could happen. Um, so obviously, you know, we need to see it on the court. But I think that's that's a guy that, uh, you know, again, I think there, there's a real possibility of him really improving as a sophomore, which would be huge for Indiana. In terms of recruiting, um, anything notable to discuss? Obviously, you know, Josh has had a lot of reports from the EYBL event that everybody can check out at insidethehall.com. And then, you know, just last night, uh, we're recording this uh, on Wednesday, but just last night, uh, the the Indiana junior versus senior game, the juniors won. Uh, Obviously, a lot of, you know, Indiana targets in that game. Anything jump out at at you over the past couple weeks on the recruiting trail?
2: It's been... Pretty quiet. Uh, notable last night to me was that a couple guys uh, talked that there's going to be a team camp at Indiana on June 24th, and that's not something that that um, Tom Crean did. So so basically what that is is going to be like high school teams from around the state are going to come to to Indiana that day and have like a team camp of sorts with the coaching staff, which I think is a, a good opportunity to kind of showcase your program. And, and Robert Finnessy talked about being at that, Eric Hunter. Um, I'm not sure. Demise Anderson mentioned a visit coming up to IU. I'm not sure if it was for just a you know unofficial visit or the team camp, but um, you know I was really impressed with last night with Aaron Henry, the kid from Ben Davis, uh, who I'll have highlights of at some point on the site here soon. But uh, he he's kind of being a little under recruited uh, around the state, and uh, I think he's got a little bit of Big Ten interest, but but not a ton. But he's a name I think to watch as as things move forward, and then obviously. Uh, Robert Fennessey played pretty well. Eric Conner, uh, Musa Jallo uh, Demise Anderson. Those are all names that people are familiar with, but the juniors really uh, were back on their heels at the beginning of that game. And the seniors looked like they were going to run away with it. Chris Wilkes was dominant, uh, Early on, in the game did finish with 33 points, but just didn't really have enough help. Uh, you know, the, Malik Williams, the kid that, from Fort Wayne that's going to Louisville, dropped out of the uh, the All Star games. is not playing. Uh, Sasha Stefanovic, the kid from Crown Point uh, that's going to Purdue, uh, wasn't there last night, and, and really. It was Chris Wilkes versus four or five guys um, at a lot of times. And uh, it was it was a good win for the juniors. And afterwards, talking to them, they were excited about it. But, you know, July is going to be a big month. You know, I feel like Indiana's, there's a lot of work to do in this 2018 class. I think new names are going to continue to emerge. And July is going to be a huge month in terms of, Uh, you know who who the coaching staff watches and and who they can kind of get hone in on to to get some visits set up for the fall in terms of official visits and then uh, getting some commitments as we get closer uh, to the November signing period
0: last question for you any thoughts on what Indiana might do with their open scholarship for 2017 you know whether it's a guy like Nas Carter or Moretti from from Italy that came in for a visit do you have any any insight there on where Archie might be leaning
2: yeah my sense is that Nas Carter would be the priority over Moretti at this point Uh, we'll see kind of how it develops when Archie talked last week he didn't seem married to the idea of filling the scholarship just to fill it so I think if they're going to take somebody it's going to be with the um, the belief that it's somebody that can help the team next year and so uh, I think uh, Carter at this point with how he's played this spring in the EYBL is a little bit more of a known commodity to the coaching staff, uh, given that the fact that they recruited him at Dayton. Uh, he's really played well this spring on the EYBL. Uh, his profile has kind of blown up a little bit nationally. So, you know, I, I would tend to, to, to think that he would be the higher priority at this point. I'm not aware of an official scholarship offer at this point from Moretti. I know he did come on a visit. It's just more, he's just more of an unknown uh, commodity uh, to me at this point I've, I've seen video of him obviously and I, I do know that uh, just kind of looking at his profile in terms of where he's played in Italy he's played with some professional teams so I, I'm not sure what his status in terms of being eligible would be I don't know how that works in terms of um, if you play in professional leagues I, I know a lot of guys come over um, playing from from Europe and then playing college but um, I know we went through the situation uh, previously with, with Guy Mark-Michel, who came over and wasn't eligible, and I know there's been other uh, cases when guys have tried to come over and, and not worked out, and I'm not speculating that that would be the case here, but I just think it would be a, a, you know, a bigger long shot uh, with a guy like that than, than more uh, than Carter, who's more of a known commodity to me at this point. And as we learned
0: in this episode of Podcast on the Brink, if Nas Carter does end up coming to Indiana, even though he's a guy who's from the East Coast, a little bit under recruited, really good athlete, don't compare him to Victor Oladipo.
2: It's unfair. Exactly. <laughs> so do not compare him to. Well, I mean, that's. I think that was a good answer by Vic. I mean, yeah. nobody should be compared to. Uh, coming in as the what was he like one forty four in rivals or one forty one and then he's you know after three years he's the number two pick in the draft I mean I think it's pretty safe to say we're not going to see that again so no. well, I mean we may see it in college basketball somewhere but you're not going to see it in Indiana again I and mean, it just it just doesn't happen that's kind of a once in a lifetime type of type of deal and uh, I
0: think well, it's, and, and and the thing is lightning already kind of struck twice with OG who kind of followed a very right. similar
2: you know path so yeah I think OG could have got uh, I don't know if he could have gotten to Victor's status, um, yeah. but um, I think when we look back, you know, I don't know what he's going to turn into as an NBA player. But when we look back on on this season if he would have stayed healthy in terms of you know being able to you know finish out the year and put up some some bigger numbers. I, I think in this draft he could have got a lot higher than he's going to end up going. It still seems like most of the projections have him middle of the first round, but. Um, you know, if if he was not injured and was able to showcase himself more, I think he could have gotten up there pretty high. Which that would have been pretty incredible for him. I think he was somewhere in the two hundreds in the twenty four seven composite for him to go top ten in the draft would would like like you said, lightning uh, kind of striking twice.
0: You know, it's it's funny how different those two guys' times at IU were, you know, because OG obviously only spent two years, had those flashes of greatness. But, you know, his draft stock is almost entirely based on potential, whereas Victor's draft stock rose just because of his overwhelming production and just how much he did uh, and, you know, how much he meant, obviously, to the success of the team. So it's kind of interesting, you know, the two different trajectories, although the basics of the story, you know, kind of under-recruited, really athletic, you know, worked hard to improve. Those parts of it are similar, but so many of the other particulars are different.
2: But Absolutely.
0: Both great Hoosiers in their own right. All right. Well, this has been uh, this has been a fun uh, fun episode. Good talking to you, Alex. Obviously, great, amazing talking to uh, to Victor Oladipo. Uh, one more reminder about the camp. It's the Victor Oladipo Basketball Camp, June 19th through 23rd in Greenwood. Uh, for details and to register, go to vicoladipo.com. And join us next week on another brand new episode. We'll be right here. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger, they're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over 250 million. Whew. Play now, please play responsibly must be 18 years or older to purchase Blair Flying. Sticky notes, email alerts, a string around your finger, they're just not big enough. So here's a big reminder from the California lottery. Tonight's Mega Millions jackpot is over 250 million. Whew. Play now, please play responsibly must be 18 years or older to purchase Blair Flying.